Welcome everybody and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So another week is upon us. Another week of the baseball season. So let's let's do some recaps, let's do some power rankings, all that good stuff. Let's start with the power rankings because a new week means that there is you know, a new set of power rankings. So we'll go with our top 5 for the week. Number 1 is or are the Tampa Bay Rays, okay? They are baseball's number one team for the second week in a row. Last week, they were number one. This week, they are number one again. They continue to reside in the league of their own because they had another tremendous week where they went 5-1, and one, sweeping the NL Central leading Pirates. Then they won two of three against the Yankees, which was capped by a thrilling victory in 10 innings on Sunday thanks to Isaac Paredes' walk-off single. And they are facing Garrett Cole. They trailed New York by six runs but came all the way back to win their 28th game this season. So that's the Tampa Bay Rays. That's a special team right now. And like I said, it's even interesting because they're getting pretty solid crowds out there at the Trop. And that's something that's always kind of been hard to come by in St. Petersburg. But they're, they're getting 20,000 plus fans, 25,000 fans at their games now. Number two are the Atlanta Braves. They were also number two last week. They're 24 and 11, but they're the number two team in baseball's power rankings right now. So they opened the week by splitting a doubleheader on Monday against the Mets in New York, but then they swept the Marlins in Miami before winning two of three against the surging Orioles at home. Then Atlanta secured a, a series win over the Orioles in thrilling fashion on Sunday because Michael Harris II delivered a walk-off double in the 12th inning to lift the Braves to their sixth win in eight games during the week. So that's a pretty impressive week, six and two on the week because they had that doubleheader. The number three are the Baltimore Orioles. They were five last week, so they have jumped up two spots. And yeah, I mean, you would say that you could put the Orioles among the teams that are in the fun early season stories department. So the Pirates are another team that have been in that group, and the Pirates have fallen on hard times. But the Orioles have continued to maintain their status in a very powerful AL East. I mean, they went three and three last week, despite dropping two of three against the Braves in Atlanta. But you know, next on the schedule, they're going to return home to face the best team in baseball, and this is a big series early in the, se- early in the season. Rays Orioles. I don't think many people would have anticipated that, but it really is a big series AL East matchup this week. They did have a two home run game from Anthony Santander, Santander, down there in Atlanta. Hopefully, that wakes up his bat because he was a big part of their offense last year number four on this list are the toronto blue jays they dropped down one spot so the week started off on the wrong note for toronto because they were swept by boston by the suddenly red hot red Sox. And then they gathered themselves and righted the ship by defeating the pirates in a three-game sweep at pnc park over the weekend so they did so in a convincing fashion by outscoring the pirates 22 to 3 so the blue jays hope to see their bats stay hot because they have a challenging stretch coming up. They're going to play two against the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park before they return home to host the Braves, Yankees, and Orioles. The number five on this list will be the L.A. Dodgers. So on Sunday Night Baseball, the Dodgers surged back to stun the rival Padres when Mookie delivered a clutch game-tying home run in the ninth inning. And L.A. scored three in the tenth, and they picked up their eighth win in nine games. They finished the week 5-1. and one. So after back-to-back three-game 
sweeps of the Cardinals and the Phillies. They dropped the opener of the weekend series against the Padres, you know, when Tatis went off against Kershaw. But then they ended up getting two straight wins thanks to a two-run homer by Chris Taylor on Saturday and homers from Mookie Betts and James Outman on Sunday night. So those are the top five. You know, just outside top five, we have the Red Sox at six, Rangers at seven, Brewers at eight. You know, some teams who just missed the cut, but of course, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Those are the top five teams in MLB's power rankings right now. So let's talk about let's talk about some of these you know some of these games that happened over the weekend. We'll start with that Sunday night game, LA versus San Diego. So they were down to their last out. Josh Hader on the mound, two outs in the ninth inning, and then Mookie hits a solo home run to left to tie the game at two two. 96 mile an hour fastball. He just cleans it out with middle in. And that's a blown save for Josh Hader. It's a home run for Mookie Betts. And he rose to the occasion. So that tied the game, then they ended up winning it in extras. But that's how I mean, that's how the Dodgers do. You know, they, they make you get all 27 outs. And uh yeah, it's it's tough to put them away. You really have to get all 27. But uh yeah, that was a tough blow for the San Diego Padres because you know they were just just one out away, but it is what it is on a big stage, Sunday Night Baseball. And then you had James Outman homering in the 10th inning there, hitting a two-run homer to put the Dodgers up for good. And then they ended up winning the game 5-2 thanks to those late-inning heroics. So shout-out to Mookie Betts. Shout-out to James Outman. Shout-out to Michael Bush as well. Paul Goldschmidt. Had a three-home run day for the Cardinals. So he powered the Cardinals to victory. I mean, so whenever a team is losing games at a relentless pace, I mean, one of the easiest criticisms we see people level against the team is like, hey, they look lifeless. They don't have energy. It's easy. That's an easy scapegoat. But honestly, I don't think that's true with the Cardinals. Uh, energy doesn't solve the issues they've been facing. They've been facing just legitimate issues, uh, you know, not, not scoring runs, not giving, I mean, giving up too many runs. But Goldie, the reigning NL MVP, is one guy who has been showing up this season. And he hit three home runs on Sunday. So that, I mean, that alone was enough to energize <laughs> this team, if that's what people want to say. But it snapped their eight-game losing streak with a 12-6 win over the Tigers. And that's how the Cardinals got it done. So... There's obviously plenty of time left. You know, Cardinals are 11 and 24. They can go on a win streak now if they figure things out. But three home runs from their MVP. He was four for five on the day with four ribbies. He's hitting 321. I mean, that's that's huge. That's huge for Goldie. The person who's really struggling right now in St. Louis is Nolan Arenado. Uncharacteristically uh, poor numbers for him. And if you look at the peripherals as well, like exit velo, things like that, it's like, is he hurt or something? Because right now... Nolan, Nolan is hitting 232 with three home runs and a 608 OPS. And not just that, his exit velo is down. Like everything's like, is he hurt? And that just does not look like him. So something's going on out there because for him to just have such a significant drop off, it really does indicate that something maybe physical might be going on. But I don't know that for sure. I really don't. It's just a guess because you don't see, you don't see stuff like that too often. We head out to Atlanta. Like I said, Michael Harris the second had a walk-off double for the Atlanta Braves. So a bit of a sophomore slump for Harris. 
so far this season. But you know that'll that'll energize him. I mean, hitting that double off the base of the wall there in the twelfth inning to send his team home victorious. That's that's a big big swing, big hit right there. But Harris is off to a slow start at the bat, two twenty two with a homer and a six seventy OPS. That's that's not really you know what he had hoped to do in the early going, but it's okay. There's plenty of time left. Hopefully. You know, this can help his confidence and, uh, you know, get things going. Matt Olson did hit a home run in the first inning. And Ronald Cooney Jr. did uh, did turn, not turn a double play, but he started a double play out there in right field by, you know, it was a catch him, catch him and throw him out kind of thing, getting his momentum going behind that throw and just runners trying to tag up more from second to third. And Ronald just completely hoses him, completely hoses him, a sharp throw with the long hop to the bag, and you don't run on Ronald Cooney Jr., at least now you know. So they tested him, forced him to make a good throw, and he made a perfect throw. So that was it right there. Speaking of sophomore slumps, speaking of sophomore slumps, let's head out to the Pacific Northwest. Julio Rodriguez has been in a bit of a sophomore slump to start the year, I mean, for being real with it. Uh, but... At the end of the day, the Mariners were able to get a win, a 3-1 win over the Astros. So for all the ups and downs and all the comeback victories they've had, I mean, still, the, the Mariners were able to get the job done. But let's talk about Julio real quick. So he's hitting 216 with six homers and a 696 OPS. Again, sophomore slump, far cry from what we saw last year. But these guys are super talented. They're going to be fine. You know, it's all about making adjustments. It's, it's very hard to just hit the ground running and then do the same thing game after game, year after year. As a 20, 22, 21-year-old, you know, these guys, Julio and Michael Harris, they're young, 22 years old. They will be just fine. So just give them, give them some time as they adjust because the, the numbers they put up last year are legit. Those are the kind of numbers they will be putting up for the bulk of their career. But a rookie, Bryce Miller, was on the mound for the Mariners on Sunday, and he looked really good. He was making his... Second big league start. Six shutout innings. I mean, he did this against a team he grew up watching. This is the Astros. And now it's Miller time is becoming must watch. I mean, I could see this becoming a nice marketing ploy for the Mariners. Miller time. If he continues to pitch well, they could sell a lot of tickets with his performance. But you know, he's from Mount Pleasant, Texas. He grew up watching the Astros. And he carved up one of the better teams in baseball. I mean... He threw 60 fastballs among his 85 pitches on Sunday. So he was just throwing a lot of fastballs, and it was working. He is the Mariners' number two overall prospect. He only walked one, but uh, you know he had a 10K outing on Tuesday in Oakland in his Major League debut. But so far, Bryce Miller has, you know, has answered the call. His performance in the big league, six shutout innings, like I said, five strikeouts on Sunday against a good Astros team. This is someone who's going to be on everyone's radar now moving forward. He's like, oh, who is this guy? He's, he's legit. We have to, we're going to have to pay attention to him. So that's the update coming out of the Pacific Northwest. I already talked about the Rays walking off. Isaac Paredes with a hit there. Uh, but they rallied from six down to stun Garrett Cole in the Yankees. So however you want to describe it, you know, this... This game is going to be long remembered by the fans. Like I said, 32,000 showed up at the Trop. So they're having fans show up at games now. It's going to be long remembered. When you're down six runs against the Yankees, you know, it's always tense rivalry there between the Yankees and the Rays. 
always you know a little bit of bad blood you know things like that those teams don't like each other but they came back and they won this game and now i am going to actually look at the standings i say i don't usually look at it till the end of may but i'm a couple weeks early tampa bay is five and a half games up on the orioles in the al east this is actually my first time looking at the standings all season tampa bay's in first baltimore's in second toronto's third boston's fourth the yankees are fifth but the yankees even though they're fifth their last place in the al east they still have a winning record AL East is is phenomenal this year. By far the best division division in baseball, where every team has a winning record. That's pretty remarkable. So that's what we're seeing there. But Tampa Bay is you know in a class of its own. They're like ahead above everyone else. So even though the Yankees are ten games back for the division, they're only two and a half games back of the wild card. That's just the way it goes when you're playing in you know such a cutthroat division. So we'll see how this how this shakes out. You know, as the season moves on, but I think now is a good time. You know, a couple weeks, we could say it becomes a really good time to start watching the standings. Or let's just say now, might as well. But as the week begins, you know, there are some key series. Like I said, that Rays Orioles series is, is going to be very key. You know, that starts Monday, starts right away. Full slate of games, actually. So, actually, no, not a full slate. There are some teams traveling. Uh, Tuesday will be a full slate of games. But Rays Yankees. Uh, you have Astros, Angels, Rangers, Mariners, some good divisional matchups this week. So that is going to be our recap for now. That'll do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.